grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. following Jesus. 
When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. They brought Jesus first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Then they took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the chief priests, elders, and teachers of the law had assembled. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it would be good if one man died for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. One of the servant girls of the high priest on duty at the door came by. When she saw Peter seated there in the firelight warming himself, she looked closely at him and said, You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus. Are you not one of this man's disciples? He replied, Girl, I am not. I don't know him. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Simon Peter went out into the entryway, and the rooster crowed. A little later, when the servant girl again saw him there, she said to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Someone else saw him and said, You are one of them. Again he denied it with an oath. I am not. I don't know the man. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them, for your accent gives you away. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? Then Peter began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside, broke down, and wept bitterly. Now Annas had said, sent him, still bound, to Caiaphas, the high priest. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple, where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? All those who heard me, surely they know what I said. When Jesus had said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. Is that any way to answer the high priest, he demanded? If I said something wrong, Jesus replied, speak up about it. But if I spoke the truth, why did you hit me? The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Finally, two came forward and declared, We heard him say, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. I will destroy this man-made temple and in three days will build another not made by man. Yet even then, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. I am, said Jesus. It is as you say. But I say to all of you, 
In the future you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now, you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Some began to spit on him. They blindfolded him and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Christ. Who hit you? The men who were guarding Jesus began to mock and to beat him and to say many other insulting things to him. So far, a passion reading. Sermon text is from Luke, chapter 22. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion, that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour, when darkness reigns. You were wronged. The pressure builds in your chest. Your heart starts beating fast. Maybe you see red, and your mind goes to the quickest way to get back at that person because that wasn't okay. You were wronged. Your face gets flushed. You're embarrassed. You're ashamed about what people around might think if they heard what that person said about you. And you think about the whatever you can say to get back at that person, some, some cutting remark to say to them, to embarrass them. You were wronged. And now you carry around a pit in your stomach. You're afraid. As much as you try to reason yourself out of it, it's like your body can't handle the idea of that thing happening again. You hate this feeling, and you feel like the only way to get rid of it is to lash out at the people around you. Jesus was wronged. He was betrayed by one of his twelve closest disciples, Judas. And Jesus knew exactly what Judas was doing. He knew that Judas had worked out this signal with the religious leaders so that they could find him in that dark garden, that the one who Judas kisses is the one that they were looking for. Jesus saw right through Judas. He knew he was selling him out. Imagine the red you would see if you knew that a friend of yours was literally selling you out for silver coins. Jesus was wronged by the religious leaders. They were making up accusations against him because they wanted to put him to death. 
And Jesus saw right through those religious leaders. He knew that they knew that what they were doing was wrong. That's why they were coming out in the darkness, so that nobody would be able to call them out on this injustice. Jesus is the Son of God. Imagine all the embarrassing things he could have come up with to say about these people who were trying to embarrass and defame his name with these false accusations against him. Jesus was wronged by Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. What Peter did reflected Jesus and his teachings. Peter made Jesus look like he was the leader of some rebellion with his completely thoughtless retaliation with his sword. Jesus is the Son of God. Imagine how he could have lashed out against Peter and made an example of him that this is not what his disciples do. Jesus could have retaliated in a big way against all these people. He could have called down legions of angels from heaven to stop this whole thing. Jesus could have said, you know what? I came here to save you people, but this is how you treat me. You're not worth saving. And he would have been right. But Jesus didn't do that. He didn't retaliate. Instead, he showed restraint. Perfect restraint. Our world doesn't have a lot of time for restraint. In a lot of ways, our world actually praises retaliation. You see it in the way people talk about the Israel-Palestine situation. Did you see what the Palestinians did? They get whatever's coming to them. Did you see what the Israelis did? They deserve to be bombed. You see it in movies. When there is an objectively evil character built up throughout the movie so that at the end you get that good feeling inside when the main character punches them in the nose. There's a reason for that. It feels good to retaliate. It feels right. It feels like justice. It's fun. And it feels fair. And so we find ourselves retaliating. We push back. We send back the passive-aggressive text. We take that opportunity to talk behind that person's back. We cut off the relationship. Even when we don't show it outwardly, we do it inwardly. We hold the hate in our hearts, the grudge in our minds, so that we can feel morally superior to that person. Maybe we hold that anger so that we don't have to let ourselves feel any other emotion that's coming after that. We, maybe we hold on to the grudge so that we can feel better about our own sins. It wasn't as bad as what that person did to me, or I'm only doing what I do because of what that person did to me. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. 
Jesus showed perfect loving restraint, not just by holding back from destroying these people, but he actually went out of his way to heal this person who had come to arrest him. Jesus was wronged, and he chose to heal. Jesus held back the temptation to lash out at the people around him during his whole arrest and suffering and death. Jesus is the Son of God. He could have gone out the exit door at any time. But he stayed and showed restraint. And so he suffered. He suffered the betrayal from Judas. The false accusations of the religious leaders. The unjust sentencing from Pilate. The painful whips. The excruciating cross. The abandonment from God. All these things he didn't deserve. All to heal you. We think back with shame on the times that we've retaliated over so much less, that we've taken revenge into our own hands, held the grudge for too long. And Jesus reaches out and heals us too. He offers us the forgiveness of sins, that we didn't earn forgiveness for a single sin, but Jesus died on the cross showed restraint, suffered all those things so that you could have forgiveness full and free. And you do. Jesus offers us peace. God is so the opposite of the world that only has time for revenge. We wrong God with our sins and he gives us peace. The peace of forgiveness, peace knowing that God isn't going to punish us as our sins deserve. Peace knowing where we are going to end up in heaven with him. We have peace with God. Even with Judas, the betrayer, Jesus showed this loving restraint. He called out exactly what Judas was doing, not to embarrass him, but so that Judas would turn from his sin and live. Jesus showed this loving restraint with the religious leaders that were there. He didn't call out what they were doing to embarrass them, but so that they would see their sin and look to Jesus for forgiveness. Jesus showed this perfect loving restraint with Peter, who he didn't destroy, but instead just said, no more of this, and healed the wrong that Peter did by attacking that servant of the high priest. That servant of the high priest came out there that day with the rest of the crowd to arrest Jesus. But Jesus didn't let him live with a severed ear for the rest of his life because of that decision. No, instead, Jesus chose to heal him. What do you think that servant of the high priest thought of Jesus after that? I came out to arrest him, and he heals me. 
This Jesus is different. He showed me love where no one else would show love. What if we showed restraint like that? Showed love where no one else would show love. Forgave where very few others would forgive. Because we know what that feels like. To be forgiven when we shouldn't be. To be loved when we were unlovable. God did that for us and sent his son to forgive all of our sins. Showed his love to us by putting his son on the cross instead of us. So maybe then we can be different in the way that we show restraint and the way that we forgive. And then maybe somebody will ask us why. And we can tell them. So, so what if we've been wronged? So what if we're angry? So what if we're embarrassed? So what if we're afraid? It's not really so much about us. It's more about Jesus. And Jesus, who showed that restraint to us in order to save my soul, also wants the soul of that person who wronged me, too. And if by showing restraint to that person, I can possibly start to win them back over to the gospel, show them the love of Jesus so that I can tell them about Jesus, then that's what we'll do. May God give us the strength to show restraint, just as he has shown us restraint. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.